The Digested Read by John Crace. Strangers by Anita Bruckner. Sturgis had always known it was his destiny to end up as one of Anita Bruckner's characters. In his 70s, repressed, depressed, and childless, he lived alone in his South Kensington flat. He had one relative, a cousin by marriage, who lived miles away in Hampstead, whom he would visit every six weeks or so on a Sunday. Today was such a day. Hello, Helena, he said. Have you done anything interesting? No, she replied. Me neither. I'd best be going. Relieved that the enforced intimacies were at an end, Sturgis picked up his anorak and took the bus home. He supposed there were others like him who had reached an age where everything felt impossible. But as he never talked to anyone, he couldn't be quite certain. You're too nice, had been the parting accusation of his second great love, the first having been his hamster. And for the last forty years he had never done anything at all, apart from work in a bank. And since he had been forced into retirement, even that excitement had been denied him. He needed a conversation, he thought. Perhaps Christmas in Venice would do him good. I'm Vicky Gardner, said the woman in the seat next to him on the flight out. I'm a lonely, childless divorcee. How about you? I'm just filling in time before I die, he replied. For several days he contentedly did nothing at the Danielli, before venturing out to St Mark's Square on his last morning. To his surprise, Mrs Gardner happened to be there. He observed she had probably been attractive once, but that now she was in her early fifties, she was as moribund as him. We should meet in London, he said reluctantly, hoping she would decline when she informed him she lived near South Kensington. That would be nice, she answered. He had been tempted not to answer the phone, fearing it might be Mrs Gardner, but had done so anyway, and now found himself taking her on a long walk, followed by tea at Brown's. Would you like to... she asked, gesturing towards the bed, after they had returned to his flat for a glass of sherry. Good God, no, he replied. You're falling apart and I'm falling apart. You'd better go now. He wondered whether perhaps he had been a little blunt, but felt it was for the best. Several weeks later the phone rang again. It was the hospital. Helena had died unexpectedly. Oh dear, he said. That means I'm going to have to organise the funeral and inherit her flat. You're still too nice. It was Sarah, his second great love, 
she looked as decrepit and lonely as him. My husband died and I'm very ill and childless, she added. He supposed he ought to ask her about her illness, but he couldn't be bothered, so he shrugged and muttered something about the weather. I need somewhere to live, said Vicky. He hoped she wasn't angling to move in. You can stay in my dead cousin's flat for a bit, he shrugged. I think I left the shed unlocked at my house outside Nice, Sarah muttered. He didn't quite know why he flew out to Nice alone the next day, but guessed it must have been something to do with being a doormat. Typical, he thought. It was locked, after all. His phone rang again. It was Vicky. Can I leave a bag with you? Why was she so needy? He was going to have to sell Helena's flat and get rid of her. We've been seeing too much of each other, said Sarah on his return. We need a break. I couldn't agree more. He smiled for the first time in the book. The phone rang. He didn't answer it. Phew. Not long to go now until he died. The Digested Read Digested. Abandon hope, all ye who enter here.